Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. For all my teachers and parents that are tuning into this podcast, I want to let you know that I have a parent and a teacher community. Now, I am all about bringing awareness and support and a network system for all of you to feel like you can boss up in the D-Cube journey. So I'm here to let you know that I have memberships for my parents and for my teachers, because I truly believe that together we can change the narrative. If you're interested in joining these membership programs, I invite you to click the link in the bio. There are three levels. There is $10 a month, $15 a month, and $25 a month. Now, in these communities, you get to network. You have a community of people that are in the same space with you, we're fighting for the same cause. Depending on your membership level, you get access to me with weekly live Q&A and monthly webinars. So if this is something that interests you, please be sure to click the link in the bio to apply to these communities. And I look forward to seeing you there. Hello and welcome to the Dyslexia Mom Boss Podcast, the show that helps you not only feel empowered and knowledgeable, but confident and a boss mom in the dyslexia journey. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren. Hello and welcome back, Dyslexia Mom Bosses. We are here to level up. We are in the Dyslexia series. This is part two we are going to be delving into the signs and symptoms and the six types of dyslexia today. So first things first, I want to preface this by saying that I appreciate all of the love and support that this community is um, bringing to the table, the likes, the subscribes, the downloads, like please, please, please keep the love coming. Um, it means a lot to me because this is just my passion and I truly feel like it's my calling to really have a network and a community of folks to change the narrative. I really, truly do. So thank you so much, all of the moms, the, the parents, the teachers, anybody who is listening to this podcast. Um, you're the reason that I do this. So keep the subscribes, likes, comments, all of that coming. So let's delve into today's content. I'm going to share with you um, information that was actually, I always reference the Mayo Clinic. The Mayo Clinic is a huge uh, medical um, facility, company, hospital. Like it's just huge here in the United States and they're very credible in their research. And so um, they, you can actually type in like Mayo Clinic dyslexia signs and symptoms. So I'm not making this stuff up. I just wanted to put it in an episode. So it is a quick reference if you are driving or working out or heading to an IEP meeting. <laughs> and so I'm going to chunk this developmentally. So it's going to be before school aged. And so if we're thinking before school age, it's, you know, like 
I, I probably could start at birth, but let's just say two to about five. And that's those early, early preschool aged years where we tend to just kind of brush it off and be like, oh, it's just, you know, it's fine. It'll go away. Where, you know, I've had friends or people be like, oh, that's cute. He's a lisp. And it's not cute. Get it fixed. Get it fixed right now. Like that's not something we want to just have happening. So before school age. So these are the signs and symptoms to look out for for dyslexia. Late talking. Early. I'm sorry. Learning new words slowly. Problems forming words correctly. Letter reversals. Difficulty remembering name, letters, numbers, and colors. And lastly, difficulty with nursery rhymes. Now, I stated in yesterday's series about the reversals, and that's, you know, a myth and blah, blah, blah. So I want to touch on that. Letter reversals at this stage in the game before school-aged, preschool years, that is developmentally normal. I have a a four-and-a-half-year-old. She still reverses her Bs and Ds. What you want to do is you want to always correct it. You can do that with some multi-sensory approaches. Maybe they're writing in rice. Maybe they're doing air tracing, whatever it is. Um, But I wouldn't freak out if you're noticing that. Now, the thing is, is that let's just say you're hearing these signs and symptoms and your child has like three or four out of these. Well, that might be something to cue into. You can't just look at one of these as an isolated thing and say, oh my God, my kid has dyslexia. I also want to reference you all back to the self-regulation foundational episodes. I think that was like episode two or three. We don't want to heighten our anxiety because we need to be a boss in this journey. And being a boss means we need to think logically, not emotionally. It's hard for us as moms to do that because it's just, we are emotional creatures. This is our baby. You know, we just, I get it. I totally get it. I I'm there sometimes with my little one too, but we have to think logically here. So before school uh, signs and symptoms, late talking, learning new words slowly, problems forming words correctly, letter reversals, difficulty remembering names, letter, I'm sorry, letter names, numbers, and colors, and difficulty with nursery rhymes. Nursery rhymes is a big indicator um, if they can't hear the rhyming sounds. Now, I strongly recommend seeing an SLP. An SLP A pediatric SLP can give you so much more insight, can give you an assessment, can really tell you perhaps maybe it's an expressive or receptive language disorder. Um, That's not dyslexia. Those are two different things. So we definitely want to, to be knowledgeable and really know what we're walking into. And obviously, as our kids develop, things, you know, will unfold and challenges might at that time in the life, in in you and your child's life, that might be a huge stressor. And then as they get older, it might diminish. So again, this episode's focusing on signs and symptoms and types of dyslexia. So let's move on to school-aged. When I say school-aged, I mean kindergarten up until about 12, because the next one after that is going to be teens and adults. So kindergarten, we are thinking six years old, six years old to about 12, which is about sixth grade. So here are the signs and symptoms from the Mayo Clinic. Under, misunderstanding information, reading below grade level. So this is when we start seeing kids that are not on grade level. Difficulty in forming answers. Difficulty with sequencing. 
So what comes first? What comes next? This could be in reading comprehension. This could be in like actually having a conversation with a student slash child. The inability to sound out unfamiliar words. So we start seeing this second, third, fourth, fifth, even first grade. If they're not getting their their high frequency words and sight words down, if there are certain words like, um, you know, I remember vividly for me when I was in fourth grade, hope and hop. I, I just for the life of me, I, I just couldn't. I could not figure it out. And I think obviously because I'm not dyslexic, eventually it worked itself out. But that's where the structured literacy approach comes in to say, well, hop is a CVC closed syllable word and hope is a magic E word. So, you know, really getting that that structured literacy component makes a massive difference. But the inability to sound out unfamiliar words, that's that lack of decoding, that lack of not understanding, you know, what is you know, how do we crack the code? And the last one is avoiding reading activities. So we see that so much in schools, kids that are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to the bathroom or I'm going to sit here and draw or I'm going to talk to a friend and distract everybody. So these are things that we start seeing manifesting into other things. And I think when we as teachers are drained and exhausted and like, you know, doing cartwheels and you know, juggling everything, we don't really think that if a kid is avoiding a reading activity that it's possibly dyslexia. Now, obviously, again, I have to remind you, you're not, you're not cherry picking these in isolation. You were, you were looking this, you were looking at this in a comprehensive approach. Now, again, if your child, if you're listening to this and they tick off all of them and you haven't gotten them assessed, well, maybe it's time to, to talk about that. But those are school-aged signs and symptoms from the Mayo Clinic. Now let's delve into teens and adults. Now, again, this is 13 to adult age. Difficulty summarizing a story. Trouble learning a foreign language. So when I was um, teaching eighth grade and I would do transition meetings for my eighth graders going into high school, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, all of those students that had SLD on their IAP, we exempt foreign language their ninth grade year because they all they were struggling with English language arts. So why on earth are we going to put on Russian, Spanish, Italian? I mean, they might have, maybe they could have taken ASL, American Sign Language. That probably would be much easier to understand because you're not decoding language. But then again, you kind of are. So um, trouble learning a foreign language, that is a huge indicator of maybe there is trouble here. Now, I know here in Maryland, and I think it's in other states as well, um, I think your high schooler needs in public school needs at least two years minimum to uh, foreign language to graduate. So you can't avoid it all four years, but at least you can kind of get their confidence up, get the right intervention, and then you can kind of tack it on later. All right. So we are talking about teens and adults, signs and symptoms um, with dyslexia, trouble learning a foreign language. We just talked about that. Problems with spelling, slow and labor intensive reading and writing. That is a huge indicator. If you have a 10th grade student and you are reading Macbeth, that's probably not a good example because Shakespeare is really hard for even just anybody to decode unless you're an English professor or teacher. Let's say you're reading Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Brad Bradbury. Um, 
there might be some multisyllabic words in there. Well, there uh, actually, no, there are multisyllabic words in that book that your struggling reader and writer might be avoiding. And obviously we'll talk about accommodations later, but perhaps you want to put them on an audio book so they can still get the content and engage with their peers and not embarrass them because they have trouble decoding. Um, mispronouncing names or words. Now, I have some dyslexic friends who, um, and I've seen this in parent-teacher conferences with some of the parents I worked with who were dyslexic, and they just could, for the life of them, not remember a certain word or would switch up someone's name. Um, and I think a lot of that, I had uh, an SLP tell me this one time, they have to go through their files in their brain to remember what was that word. And a lot of that is storing in, in the working memory. If the working memory is not... Um, you know, the processing speed and the working memory have to go hand in hand. So if you're processing it slowly and then you got to go through your files, then you have to retain what that was and then you have to pull it out and then retrieve it. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I don't think we think about that. And then the last one is trouble understanding jokes, sarcasm, idioms. Like those are things that we as uh, typical learners take for granted. And that actually can cause some social emotional issues with bullying, um, you know, uh, social cues, not really understanding why people are laughing and you feel left out. So these are signs and symptoms from the Mayo Clinic from before school age. So think preschool years all the way up to teens and adults. So I'm going to shift gears and talk about the six types of dyslexia. Now, when your child actually gets diagnosed, if you truly get the diagnosis of dyslexia, you are more than likely not going to get the type of dyslexia. Beats me as to why, but we need to talk about it. So the first type of dyslexia is the phonological dyslexia. So 75% of people who have dyslexia experience difficulty in breaking speech into individual sounds. So what does this mean? If you give a dyslexic with phonological dyslexia the word fish, they may not be able to hear that fish has three sounds. F-I-S-H. So you have F as your uh, consonant phoneme, you have I as your vowel phoneme, which is a short I, and then SH is a digraph, two letters that make one sound. So they might think it has four sounds because they're four letters, and that's not always the case. The second type of dyslexia is visual dyslexia. So this is when a child experiences a type of visual processing disorder. This means that the brain doesn't receive the full picture of what the eyes are actually seeing. So this, as I stated in a previous episode, could be when letters are uh, moving or transposed or or reversed. Um, that I find to be so interesting. And I think those who have visual dyslexia probably didn't realize that that's what it's called. The next type of dyslexia is called surface dyslexia. So this one can no longer um, process the language beyond decoding stages. So I always think about this as homophones um, and homonyms, which I know those are two separate things, but let's use the word break and break. Now, if you're a dyslexic listening to that, you're like, wait, 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 wait. I hear the word, but how does it spell Ah, well, the English language sucks like that, right? So we have B-R-E-A-K. This is why it's so critical when you're teaching language and comprehension to really explicitly give sentences and explain the differences. So B-R-E-A-K. I am going to take a break because I'm tired. Well, a child can, can input that information and say, oh, oh, okay, they're gonna take a rest. But then if I say, I have to go get new brakes on my car because they're they're crunchy. Well, that's B-R-A-K-E. 
And so as our texts get more advanced and as our kids are reading to learn, not learning to read, comprehension, this becomes a problem. They struggle with the comprehension because this is beyond decoding. You have to really understand the challenges in the English language and how messy it can be. All right, so the next one is primary dyslexia. So if a child, um, I'm sorry, if a child of a parent has dyslexia and then if both parents have it, there's probably a 100% chance that that child is going to get dyslexia. And so, you know, an example of that is speed of processing, spoken or written language, difficulty following directions, forgetting words, so on and so forth. The next type of dyslexia is secondary or developmental dyslexia. So this one's interesting. This one could be caused by developmental issues from Um, before birth. So this could be, you know, an infection or malnutrition. Um, Perhaps you had a healthy pregnancy, but then maybe the actual labor, something happened. Maybe there was a little bit of oxygen uh, that was lost during the labor, whatever it is. But we know when a baby is born, there's so much from the conception to birth that could happen that could impact a learning disability. And the last type of dyslexia is trauma or acquired. Now, this one is more of a, if there is brain damage or shock or, or um, you know, constant concussions, like things of that nature, this can cause late speaking or difficulty recognizing words and letters and, um, you know, really understanding, uh, you know, let's just say this happened later in life, then it's almost, I kind of equate this one to like when um, people get strokes. I remember when I was in actually middle school, I was getting tutored because I had my own learning struggles. And I remember there was an adult that was, I was at Sylvan Learning Center back in the day. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, I think it still exists, but it was like on and popping back in the 2000s. And I remember there was an adult, like a 35 year old man sitting at the table with me. And I, you know, I, I didn't have any issues with it at all, but I thought it was a little odd because usually most of the people at the table with me were like my age or, you know, a little younger. And so it turned out that he was learning to read again because he had a stroke. So, um, you know, I find that interesting. He probably had trauma or acquired dyslexia. All right, folks, that ends the episode, uh, I'm sorry, part two of the dyslexia series, signs and symptoms and the types of dyslexia. So be sure if you want more support, networking and resources to apply to the Think Confidently intensive six week coach group coaching program or the confidently leveled up three month at your pace group coaching program. I look forward to really supporting you and really giving that space for you to have the community with other moms to really connect. And, you know, we're not in silos where this is, this is a community for a reason. So again, thank you so much for being a part of this community. And tomorrow we are going to delve into part three. And this one is going to be on accommodations. So this is a two-parter. Um, this is parts within parts. It's like fractions, right? We'll talk about fractions when we do dyscalculia series. So tomorrow we're going to talk about introducing new concepts and what those accommodations look like. I'll see you there. See you later. And don't forget to boss up today. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.